is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Muthita Banmu, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do all the things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle, not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi, Get Unstuck Nation. Today, I have a very sweet guest who we are going to tell you the secret sauce of operation. So please meet my operation queen right here. She helps successful coaching, consulting, service-based businesses to scale simply and sustainably. You know, we always say in Get Unstuck Nation that we help you build a business that support your lifestyle, not the other way around. So today, ladies and gentlemen, please let me introduce you Krista Gasso, who going to help me explain to you how important of operation is. So please welcome Krista. Thank you so much for joining Get Unstuck Radio today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for our conversation. Yeah, we already have speak a little bit, and I told her that okay, let's pause and then let's get into an interview right away before we already spoil. <laughs> before we get into the real meat, could you please share with me a little bit? I mean, share with the audience a little bit how you get into the entrepreneur journey, though. Absolutely. So my journey is, I think, like so many others, where it's a little bit of a winding road. And if you had asked me 20 something years ago if I would be doing what I do today, I probably never could have imagined it. But I had actually gone to college for fine art, and I always knew that I wanted to have my own business. I thought I wanted to do a creative business. And about halfway through my college journey, I thought to myself, you know, if I'm going to be working for myself and I'm going to be running a business, I should probably know something about business. So I ended up getting a business degree, graduating with a lot of college debt, as many do, and decided I was going to work for a couple years, paying that off while I figured out what I wanted. Wanted to do in my own creative business, and it just so happens that that very first job that I got, that I thought was just this little temporary thing to pay off some debt, turned out completely changing the course of my entrepreneurial journey because I got hired in a company that was very into lean. And lean, for anyone who doesn't know, is about really maximizing value for your clients and minimizing waste inside your company, which is really important. It's something we all want. And I found I was really great at it. I really loved it. And being that I was a super creative artist, it oh. seemed really surprising to me that I loved operations. So the company that I worked at was Lean. And for anyone who doesn't know what Lean means, it's all about maximizing value for your clients and minimizing waste within your business. And I found it was really surprising that me as this creative, this artist, actually ended up loving and was really great at operations. And so that ended up starting my journey and it led me to what I do today, 
which is consult with people and help them to lean out their business and really be very operationally efficient and scale in simple, sustainable ways, as you shared. So I'm looking for new team members who in between, whether I would go for a person who have good at like communication art or would graduate from the management school. <laughs> so you are the one who will be the mix of these two because you graduate from communication art, but you work for the management. So how is that actually looks like, like in your opinion though, which one is actually easier to be taught? So it's really interesting because some people are very linear thinkers and some people are very kind of creative, abstract thinkers. And I think skills can be taught to pretty much anyone, but it's hard to change the way that someone thinks. So your true creative, your true innovator, your idea generator, which is what so many entrepreneurs are, they aren't always the person who likes to think linearly. You try to make them document an SOP or a system and they completely shut down because it's not that they're not capable of it. It's that it's just not how they think. So it's not something that they enjoy and it feels draining to them because it's not their natural strength. Whereas you take somebody who's a really linear thinker and who thinks in terms of process and step and sometimes it can be hard for them to think really creatively and think really, you know, innovative because they're taking something that's existing and trying to make it better. It's what they do best. So I think it ultimately comes down to the way that somebody is wired. And what I look for in anyone that I hire is that they're a systems thinker, not systems as in our documenting processes, but systems as in they understand how all the bits and pieces of something can interconnect together. They can see the big picture and they could see all all the parts. And I think if you have somebody with that skill set, you could teach them absolutely anything. But that skill set's the most critical one to have. Oh, that's so good. It seems to me like when you ask the question in the interview, you ask back, can you explain to me? And when they did that in a step process, then you know from now on you can trust this person to explain anything oh yeah that's right oh i now i now see the stars okay ah oh, i never think about it that way wow thank you anyone take notes anyone listening now i bet you you should take notes wow let's step back from the hiring you know we know that operation is so important but when you just started a business people not really cares about operations and people tend to care more about sales and marketing. When do people should take operation into a real deal, in your opinion? Yeah, absolutely. I really truly believe that you should be thinking about operations from day one, but your level of depth and focus on operations changes over time. And so in the early days of business, what I call the emerge stage, your whole goal is to find product market fit. You're trying to find the right thing to sell to the right person at the right price that you can then grow and sell more of. And you're in very much of an experimentation stage. And so investing a ton of time in documenting what you're doing isn't super valuable because you're probably going to change what you're doing. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have an operational mind in the fact that you should be looking at and actually analyzing what's working. If instead you're throwing a whole bunch of things up against the wall to see what sticks, but you have no way of telling which one 
is the one that actually is sticking, it's really hard to let go of anything. And you end up overworking. You end up having all these things and you have no way to measure what's really working. So I think when you're in that experimentation stage, operations is about measurement. It's about results. It's about actually looking at what's giving me the result that I want or what are those small changes or different experiments I could try to really find this product market fit. Then from there, once you get that, you go into a stage of growth. And that's where you're trying to sell more of that thing to more people. You're trying to bring in more revenue. Well, if you're not thinking about operations at that stage, what ends up happening is, so then as you're growing, if you're not thinking about operations, here's what happens. You end up with all of these new clients coming in, which is great, but it becomes really hard to keep up with the demand. And you end up sometimes losing out on repeat clients. Sometimes the delivery and the client experience suffers. And that can feel like you end up so busy with what you have that it's hard to actually give that good experience or even be able to focus on continued growth. When you're in a stage of growth, you have to be thinking about operations because that is how you get sustainable results. And that is how you keep things simple without overworking and having everything feel like a fire and like you're 10 steps behind just trying to keep up. You have to be really intentional with what you do and you have to really start to put some systems in place and some things in place to support you. Have you ever experienced these type of people when things is working, they keep changing? Always. That is the nature of entrepreneurship, right? New, new, new. Let's pursue, you know, new and different all the time. And a lot of times, instead of optimizing what's working, which is where the real magic is in your business, if you want to scale your business and get yourself off the hustle hamster wheel, you want to be optimizing what's working instead of constantly being focused on new and different things. But the nature of a visionary leader is that that they have vision, they have ideas, they love to change things. And because they frequently don't focus on operations, they're not necessarily measuring what's working. Sometimes they're not even sure what's working. They're just constantly doing the next thing. Yeah, that's actually annoys me. <laughs> I don't know how to deal with that, to be honest, until now. I mean, I'm only seven years in, but I still cannot cope with that. Like, I cannot cope with people who keep changing every single day. Do you have any suggestions? So I'm going to give you a story. I'm currently working with this organization that's absolutely wonderful. And I'm working with the founder as well as her right-hand person in the business. And I think... I think that the number one thing is if you are that visionary leader, if you are the one who is fueled by new ideas and creativity and all of those things, you need a right-hand person in your business who's focused on the operations to keep you grounded and to really, really help you from yourself. And that's what I'm currently doing with this client is the founder is a typical founder. She's brilliant and she is a visionary and she always has new ideas. And what ends up happening is the team will plan, they'll commit to these projects. And then halfway through, she has a new idea and asks the team to completely pivot and do something different. And it's really hard for the team because they don't ever finish what they start. They feel like they worked so hard and then they don't have anything to show for it. And then she wonders why she doesn't make the progress she wants in her business. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> 
It is. And so I'm working with both of them right now to help her understand, like, how do you sort through all the ideas that you have? How do you, when you commit to what your team is going to do, if you know that you like new things, how do you create space so that when those new ideas come up that feel really important to you, you can act on them at the right time, but without disrupting the things that are really important that you're committing to and helping her see just giving her the visibility into the impact of that change. And sometimes the change is the right one to make. But often I think visionary leaders and and CEOs, they don't even realize that that thing that they're asking of their team is going to have the impact that it's going to have. They just say, well, we talked about this. Why isn't it done? I want the results. Now I want this new thing. And they don't realize that by changing the direction, they're not going to get the original thing they asked for. Right now, what I'm doing is that I trying to eliminate the time of me making decisions because that is actually the most time consuming, I believe. And because I'm the only one who sells in my company, um, that's the easiest way to convert by talking to me, basically, because I control the price. <laughs> Therefore, that's my main job. They let me do that. No one not going to take this job from me. I let them change thing, the team and I use OKR like that. That's the best flexibility I have ever found. So that's what the game changer in my company currently. We have only like a small handful of people that working with each other. But I mean, the decision making process takes time and to deal with people that very detailed oriented versus the one who see big pictures and want to get to the next thing. They can't communicate between each other that well. (laughs) So my next question to you is that the right hand person next to the visionary, this person, I believe there needs to be a good connector. They need to be a good communicator and they need to be a good project manager as well because this hub person though needs to be the one who anyone have to like I need this you have the answer like a company Google somehow it's so true (laughs) what type of characteristic or like you know like character as in the trait that this person should be because in my opinion though I think it's not only it's not only like position wise anymore it has to be how you behave in person that's what I'm looking for Because I want to know how you even wake up and go to sleep. No, it's so true and such great questions. And so what I really think a visionary leader needs is what I call a soul. SOL, which is for strategy and operations lead. This is something I've actually started mentoring and developing and training and certifying people into because it's such a hard role to fill and it's a hard role to be successful in. Because to your point, you're that person in the middle. I call it you're in the messy middle of a company that's in the messy middle. So you're the messy middle of the messy middle, but you have to be that person who can think like the founder, who can speak to the founder and talk to them at their level and communicate things to them in a way that they can understand in a way that they can quickly make decisions when they need to. But you also need to be able to communicate with the team and understand what those who are implementing and rolling up their sleeves and doing the work are doing and what they need. And you need to be able to take founder speak and communicate it down to them in a way that 
that they understand what needs to be done, why it's important, and they need to understand the pieces so they get the impact of what they're doing if it's done on time, if it's not done on time. And so you do, to your point, have to really be a pretty special person to be successful in that role because of the unique nature of where you sit in the business. I love that. You're kind of like the Google within the company, right? Like it is true. You're the one that everybody goes to for everything. And so you need to be able to think like and speak at all those different levels. Oh, and so, I'm looking for that person right now. Right. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm looking for that person right now, but not me. I'm lacking of that person oh, right now. They're hard to find. They're a little bit of a unicorn, but they are out there. And what I find is back to your original questions where we started this is to me that system, that systems thinking is the absolute most important skill in the most important characteristic. It's you need somebody who's willing to be what I call a challenge partner to you, meaning they'll say, love the idea. Great. And we don't have time for that until Q3. Uh, you need somebody who's yes. going to hear you and push back on you, but not in a short kind of way. You need somebody who actually understands you and says, I get it. I see why you think this is important. However, based on what we currently have, these things are more important because if we shift our focus and do this right now, it's going to have this impact on our revenue. It's going to have this impact on our client experience. You need that person who sees the big picture so they get the impact of a change and they could help you understand it and they can push back on you. At the same time, you need that person who, when you do have the brilliant idea, that is the one that should be pursued. They can can then take that and communicate it to the team to get the team to understand why they need to pivot and why they need to change what they're working on. So it's just, it's such a, a unique role. But to me, that systems thinking is the best. And that person who can be empathetic, who can understand all of the different perspectives, but can also be really firm in this is what we need. This is why we need it. And giving that really clear communication and direction to whoever needs to make decisions or actually roll up their sleeves and get work done here's the thing i always not only me but it's kind of get confused it's like a, a merge position right between secretary versus project coordinator versus project management and executive assistant at the same time like a four percent at the same time and it's so hard why because secretary and executive assistant can be a same salary range which are different requirement when you go to a project coordinator and project management there will be another salary range which higher <laughs> and they may have totally different routes of start in the middle is what we're mixing that we need the connections it's pretty hard but i'm looking for i'm putting it out there if anyone interested <laughs> email us <laughs> yeah you're looking for your soul <laughs> yeah i do and here's the thing like my team speak two languages like i have like both thai team so i'm in thailand right now so we speak thai the main team and we also have the english speaker teams as well so totally multicultural team for real and so that is another thing and this person has to be bilingual right that's mm -hmm. that's gonna be another price add to this person this is crazy so hard so hard to find it is but oh it makes such a difference i just up leveled my team in a really big way the person i've had with me for a long time is fantastic 
fantastic, but she was not the person who was going to get me to the next level. She helped get me to where I was, but she reached her growth potential in the business was going to grow beyond her. So I ended up bringing in my soul in my business and what a difference it makes. It's an investment and it takes a while to find the right person. And it's an investment of time in developing and mentoring and getting that person trained up into the role as well. But it frees me up to do what I really want to do. I feel like I get to work with my clients more. I get to focus on thought leadership more. I get to do what I really want to do instead of getting pulled down into the day-to-day or getting pulled down into things that really I have no business doing. It just happened to be at the sweet spot every time (laughs) instead of pulled out at the day-to-day jobs. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. So, but here's the thing. It's so hard. Okay, let's go back. Another thing though. So I tend to like, previously, I tend to prefer hiring like a first jobber or second or third jobber. That's easy to train, but it's kind of pain in the ass right now that I learned that this generation of people have a really low, how do you call it? They're not stay for long. They don't have the... How do you call it? Is it like longevity maybe? Yeah, like they not put a hard word. They change easily, let's say. Yeah, I forgot about the word. Write what I'm looking for, but you know what I mean. So they gave up easily on things because they can find the alternative. Like they have more options than my generation, let's say. So that's one hard. But then when I don't want to compare, but fortunately discover like I have another like a backup staff. <laughs> Like when I go to a live event and I I like off stuff and I have like a one person come join me just to help me, you know, as my right hand on that day, just a day, I have no need to train her a thing. She just know her job, like just a brief on yesterday and she just know it. But I know for the fact that I couldn't have her for full time she would be overwhelmed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I also think that the time passed by, the experience will tell us that by age-wise, like this person should be positioned here, etc. But exactly what you say is like finding a soulmate for real. Like, oh my gosh. Oh, so crazy. It's so hard. Like, it's really hard. So how can we start it? Like, I know for the fact that this is something that, okay, anyone who haven't started a talent pipeline just yet, I'm telling you to get started. Collect the resume right now, like right now. Because the later you do, you will be like me, like laid back <laughs> and you don't have like an option and you have to find again. It's like starting all new again and it still take time, right? What will you suggest? <laughs> So here's, um, I, I think we've all heard the adage, like always be selling. To me, I feel like it's always be hiring. Like every conversation you have when you meet people. Always be selling, always be hunting. Yeah. So you definitely want to always be hiring. And for example, I just hired my soul in my business. I have a backup soulmate. I've had conversations you know, with so people that I have a backup soul if this oh person ever gosh. decides to leave. And it's because I take every opportunity to meet somebody as an opportunity to look at would this person be a good fit on my team because when we're in a place of desperation when we're in a place of we need this person now sometimes we don't find the right person sometimes we just are too rushed in the process and we don't ask the right questions or do the proper vetting and so because of all of that a lot of times we don't make really good hiring decisions when we're in that place of need so I like to find good people before I need them and I 
nurture the relationship. So when there is a need to hire, I did. So when I hired my most recent person, my soul in my business, I did this on a Saturday morning because I'd been nurturing that relationship. And I sent her a message and said, I have an opportunity. Do you want to chat? And so we ended up hopping on the phone. I told her about the position, said, would you like this role? She said, yes. There was no posting, no interviewing, no anything because I had her in my mind as somebody who could be my soul. So I've been nurturing that relationship for months and months and months. So when the position oh opened, I just asked her. And now I have another person I'm nurturing the relationship for in case I ever need to make a change or add somebody else to my team. And so I know for those of you who have an urgent need and you're like, yeah, sounds great and all, but I need to hire somebody now. What do I do? That doesn't work. But what I would say is take care of your immediate hires, but do look at everyone you meet as potential. And I will say the people, the person that I just hired for my soul, she actually built and sold an eight-figure business. She's not somebody you would ever normally think of as being an employee in a business because she has her own business, yet she came on and joined my team full-time. And so sometimes I think we also miss out on really good, really incredible people because we assume, oh, they're very entrepreneurial or they're an entrepreneur. They'd never want to work for a company or work for me. But you'd be surprised how with the right offer and the right opportunity, people would love to work for your business and would love the opportunity to work closely with you and get to learn from you. So sometimes it just takes some creativity and relationship building, but it's totally possible. Wow, this is totally broad my mind. Wow, this is golden. Like this is golden. Wow. I have never think about it that way. Wow. Wow, that's so cool. I'm, I'm still processing that. Wow. Oh, you're amazing. Wow. So what is business sustainability means to you? So I think we live in a culture that is very much about quick wins, quick wins, flashy <laughs> things, overnight success, huge launches, all of these things. And it ends up resulting in people pushing themselves way too hard. We have a very big hustle culture. It's like you can't possibly work hard enough. Like, how dare you sleep? You should still be out there hustling and working and trying to sell, right? And to me, I just, I don't, I don't believe in that. Trust me, I tried it. I burned out pretty bad. And I think that's the risk of that sort of thing. So to me, I'm all about sustainability and sustainable results. A, are you yourself and is your team working at a sustainable pace where people aren't burning themselves out? You aren't burning yourself out. But also, do you have the right strategies, the right offers, the right systems and structure in your business that your results and success can be sustainable? Or are you jumping on the roller coaster of like one quick win to the next quick win to the next quick win where you're creating this need to constantly be in reactivity mode because you don't have something that's sustainable and built for the long term. So to me, I think sustainability is critical. You want to be looking into the future a year from now and have high confidence in exactly how much revenue you're going to be bringing in and have a really good idea of what opportunities are ahead of you because you're not just focused on short-term strategies. You've been laying the foundation for a year from now for a long time already. So it's really looking to the future and making sure you have that long-term success path and that you have a sustainable pace for yourself and your team. In case anyone want to learn more about how can they find their soul and have the peace of mind of like, 
actually operation may be simpler than they think. Where can they follow you then? Yeah, absolutely. So if you head over to my website, it's leanoutmethod.com. You'll find all of the things. And I have a podcast as well where I talk about all things simplifying and scaling. And you could find that at leanoutpodcast.com. Thank you for joining Get Stack Radio today, Krista. And yeah, thank you for sharing these nuggets. I'm totally going to review this. Thank you so much for joining Get Stack Radio today. Thank you for having me. this episode inspire you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today start implementing what you have learned the results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck